Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Firebee Honey. If you are looking for something unique and absolutely delicious, then look no further because I am about to tell you about my latest obsession, Fire Bee Honey. Fire Bee Honey is honey with a kick and the perfect ratio of sweet and heat. This honey is handcrafted in small badges to transform the flavor of raw honey without compromising its amazing health benefits, which is what makes it stand out from traditional hot sauces. They use the perfect blend of flavors so even non-spicy lovers can enjoy. We use honey a ton in our house, but wanted to spice things up with a little more flavor. And let me tell you, this stuff is a game changer for sure. My son and I are big chicken nugget people and honey is our go-to dipping sauce. But recently we switched up our traditional honey for fire bee honey. And let me tell you, I may never go back. Not only is it delicious, but there are no added sugars or nasty preservatives. So I feel really good about feeding it to my family. And if a kick isn't your thing, fire Fire has flavors like cinnamon, vanilla, elderberry, and chocolate that would be perfect for baking or a fancy cup of tea and other items like spicy honey beef jerky and spicy honey barbecue sauce, which my husband promptly took and made the most amazing pulled pork sandwiches with. So if you are ready to spice up your meals and enjoy some flavor while still reaping the benefits of raw honey, then Fire Bee is the place for you. Get 15% off your purchase when you order two or more bottles by using the link www.firebeehoney.com slash morning cup of murder. That's 
www.firebehoney.com slash morning cup of murder for 15% off the purchase of two or more bottles of Fire Bee Honey. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. You never know what will set a person off. What will be the inciting incident that will send a person on the edge plummeting off the cliff? On April 27, 1982, a man went on a rampage that started hours earlier with a nap and a fly. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Wu Bum Khan, born February 24, 1955, seemed to have things together. He served in the South Korean Marines until 1978, was hired by the National Police of Busan shortly thereafter, settled in the village of Togakri after being transferred to a local station, and had a live-in girlfriend named Chun Ma Soon. Unfortunately, this well-put-together man was about to lose his temper in an astounding and dangerous way. On April 26, 1982, Wu Bung Khan was fast asleep when he woke to a sharp and sudden sting on his chest. While he was sleeping, a fly had landed on his chest and, wanting to get it off, Chun had swatted at it and woke her boyfriend. Furious, Wu left the house and went to the police station to report for duty. While on the clock, Wu began drinking heavily, though witnesses maintain he wasn't drunk, and at around 7.30 p.m., he made his way back home. Once he arrived, he began beating Chun, punching and kicking her while smashing furniture around the house. A different version of the story put her beating later in the evening, but in both stories, her injuries remain the same. When he finished, he made his way to the reservist's armory where he gathered weapons, close to 200 rounds of ammunition, and seven grenades. At around 9.30 p.m., Wu entered a local post office and killed three of the phone operators and cut the telephone lines. With an arsenal at his fingertips, Wu headed to Tarangni, walked from house to house gaining entry because of his position as a police officer, and either shot the occupants of the home or blew up the whole building with one of his grenades. He killed passerbys, young and old, as he went from village to village continuing his reign of terror completely unchallenged as guns are banned from civilians in Korea. At around 10.30 p.m., he took 18-year-old Kim Judong and went to Ungiri, where he ordered the boy to get him a drink from a grocery store. When he returned, Kim was shot and killed, and Wu began attacking the 52-year-old shop owner, Shin Wee Du, and his family. Shin was able to escape, but his wife and daughters were killed in the attack. As Wu continued his journey, killing a total of 18 people in that particular village, he made his way towards Pyeongchon-ni, where he would kill another 24 victims. Complete strangers who trusted a man in uniform were either left trapped in their homes or forced to flee into rice fields to try and escape his gunfire, and many were left completely unaware as a grenade was thrown into their home. In one instance, he shot a family of four in their beds and shot all of those inside of a home where a wake was taking place. When the owner asked why the officer had entered his home, 
Wu said there was an alert in the area and was invited inside for dinner. Once inside, Wu complained about his meager salary and his transfer to a smaller village. And when he was finished, simply pulled out his weapon and shot the 12 people inside. The attacks lasted throughout the night and into the early mornings of April 27, 1982, with a total of 56 men, women, and children dying, one of which died weeks later, and an additional 35 left severely wounded. A team of 37 officers deployed to find and stop Wu, who by 1.40 a.m. had taken refuge in a farmhouse about 2.5 miles away from the police station, He had told the 68-year-old owner of the home that he was chasing a communist infiltrator and asked the family gather in the main room so he could keep them safe, planning on using them as his latest hostages. Two hours later, police closed in on him and 27-year-old Wu Bum Khan responded by setting off two grenades, killing not only the three hostages, but himself as well. When the dust settled on what was considered the deadliest known mass murder committed by a lone gunman in modern history, and the villages began to recover, a number of things happened in the Korean government. Many officials resigned from their positions of power. As an atonement, compensations were paid, and the interior minister of South Korea stepped down citing the shame he felt and that he failed to keep the peace. When interviewed, Chan Mal Soon, who survived her boyfriend's rampage, claimed he suffered from an inferiority complex and was bothered by comments about the unmarried pair living together. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on April 28th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.